0: I think Jamie's going to come and read our passage for us just quickly.
1: So the reading's from uh, John, John chapter 6, and it's uh, verses 1 through to 14. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him, because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not buy enough food for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, may the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and the men sat down. About 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, Gather up the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten after the people had saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make uh, make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself.
0: Thank you very much. So this is a, a well-known story. Um, I have lots of memories of making... Um, making little lobes and little fish and bringing them home and then probably lasting about five minutes and then being tucked in the bin when I wasn't looking. Um, but this is a story that I'm sure many of us will have heard lots of times. Um, and I think one of the challenges with a story like this is to be challenged and to be reminded of its significance. Because sometimes when you hear something, a lot of times, the significance of it is almost dulled a bit. And um, So my hope and prayer for this evening is that we can be reminded of this story, this miracle's significance, and that it might speak into each of your lives, and and mine as well. I'm going to focus on three different groups of people um, that are involved in this story, and hopefully one of those groups, in some way or another, will relate to each one of you. Um, But before I do that, I'm just going to pray for us. Lord, I thank you for your word that it is alive and that it speaks to us today. And Father, I pray that you would speak to us into each of our individual lives and our circumstances, and that this story might come alive afresh, that we might be reminded of your love for us, of your compassion and your grace, and that that compassion and grace might inspire us to show that compassion and grace to each other and to your world. Amen. So the first person I want to start with is Jesus, who I feel is a pretty good person to start with when tackling a passage. Um, so Jesus, Jesus shows incredible compassion, incredible compassion and care and love. I am at university in Bath, um, and I live in Scotland. Fortunately, one of my sisters is here, which is lovely. Thank you for being here. Um, that was your shout out. Um, <laughs> um, so when I go home for the holidays, I really look forward to going home, having space and time and rest and relaxation. And I have this incredible picture of what that is going to be like. Just a um, tranquil environment and time and time to read and time to walk and enjoy beautiful sunny days. Unfortunately, that is not what happens. Um, when I go home, I am one of four siblings, and we have five animals in our house, and a granny, and um, and and it's busy, and it's not peaceful, and it's not quiet, and it's not restful. And there's always a dog to walk, or a cat to feed, um, or a meal to make, or a sister to pick up, or whatever it might be. And the rest I had imagined doesn't quite seem to appear. And often I am very ungracious about that. Often I do things begrudgingly and quite grumpily, probably. Um, so I think when I, when I read this story and when I, when I looked at Jesus, I saw someone that did something that I could never do. This is a story that comes up in every single gospel. So in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John is a significant story. And in Mark's version of this story, in Mark's chapter 6, he says that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And that is a challenge because Jesus and the disciples were heading for a rest. They moved across to the other side of the lake to get away from all these people, to have some space and some time and some peace which I often look for when I go back to Edinburgh. And like me, when I go back to Edinburgh, they did not find that. Fortunately, I don't live with 5,000 people. It's not quite that bad. Um, But these people followed Jesus, and he didn't have the rest and the holiday and the space that they thought they were going to need. But instead of being grumpy, like I am, Jesus had compassion, because he saw lost sheep in front of him. I wonder how many of us have lost sheep in our lives. Maybe someone that we walk past on the road on a Friday afternoon when we're tired and really need the weekend and have very little compassion for. Maybe someone who is upset or distressed on the phone on a Monday morning when really we're tired and we wish it was the day before. I know in my life there are many lost sheep who I have very little compassion for in the way that Jesus had compassion for the lost sheep that he saw. I wonder whether we could each take time to show a little bit more compassion to the lost sheep that are in our path. Because ultimately we have been shown compassion and we have been shown love and care. And so we are in a position to share and show that love and compassion to others. Whether or not we are tired, or whether or not we're expecting a sunny day in Edinburgh. So I wonder whether the challenge in looking at Jesus in this story comes in us showing a little more compassion to those lost sheep in our path. The second group of people I wanted to look at were this little boy and the disciples kind of bundled together um, in a way. So this little boy comes forward with his lunch, five loaves and two fish, which is quite a significant amount of lunch for a little boy, depending on the size of loaves. But anyway, um, it is not a particularly big lunch for 5,000 people. And he brings forward this lunch, knowing how many people there are, in faith that it might be used. He has very, very little to give, and yet he still has faith that Jesus can use it. I often feel like I don't have very much to give, and I'm sure that's similar to many of you. As a student, there's not much money around. Also, I think in my new house we don't even have a dining table, so not kind of going to be one of those "come and have a meal with us" situations, or sit on the floor. Um, but. I think often we think that the things that we have we're not able to share or for some reason or another things are scarce or difficult and so what little we have feels impossible to share and feels impossible to give to God. And what this little boy did was bring forward everything that he had so that Jesus might be able to use it and do an incredible miracle with it. I wonder whether we need to have a bit more faith that God can and will use what we give him, however little that might be. So this little boy came forward giving all that he had for Jesus so that Jesus might do amazing things with it. And then the disciples, who actually have nothing, They have left their homes and their families. They have no food. There is no picnic for them. And yet they still are used in this miracle. And this is probably one of my favorite bits in many ways. Because Jesus doesn't give out the food himself. He gives it to the disciples who give it out. So although the disciples have nothing physically or materially to give, they're like the vessels through which Jesus does this miracle. So you might have very little, like the little boy, and need to have faith to give that to Jesus. But you might also have nothing. And so I wonder whether what Jesus is asking of you is to give yourself, so that you might be a vessel like the disciples, and be used by Jesus to perform these miracles, to do amazing things for him. The disciples gave all that they were for Jesus so that Jesus might be glorified and he could do amazing things. That's the second group of people. So we've got Jesus who shows compassion to lost sheep in his path. And the little boy who gave all that he had for Jesus so that Jesus could do amazing things and the disciples who gave all that they were for Jesus so that he could do amazing things. The last group of people, I wonder whether we maybe forget, maybe overlook a little bit. Because sometimes it's easier to associate ourselves with givers than receivers. Sometimes it's easier to put ourselves, I find, in Jesus' shoes than in someone else's. Sometimes it's difficult to admit that we need something. And I think what we see in the crowd is a group of people that desperately need something. I really like lunch. It's probably one of my favourite meals of the day. Um, I'm not sure whether this is because I don't have enough breakfast, and so I'm actually really hungry at lunchtime, and, and it's very exciting that it's lunchtime. Or that I just really like oatcakes and hummus, and that's often what I have for lunch. I really like lunch. And I was thinking to myself, if I had been, if I had been, imagine for a moment, um, in that 5,000 or however many people were there, and I saw this lunch coming through the crowd, like looking a little bit dodgy, a little bit rolls and fish and all that kind of stuff, um, and thinking to myself, not sure whether I really want some of that. I wonder whether I would have waited until I got home to have my oat cakes and crackers, or I wonder whether I would have got in my bag and just had my own little thing and not really bothered about the fish and the loaves. Because sometimes it's easier to provide for ourselves than to ask for help. And sometimes it's easier, especially in this culture, to say, I can do this on my own than to admit that actually we need somebody else. And what we see in this crowd is a group of people that need Jesus. Because there is a need, a physical and material need for them to eat. And God cares about our physical and material needs. And he meets those needs. So in Jesus, that need was met for the crowd. And I wonder whether, if I'd been there, whether I would have missed that, because I would have said, actually, I'm fine on my own. The last thing about this miracle, which is exciting, is that it points to a bigger miracle. I think that this miracle points to the cross, because what we see is a need which no one but Jesus can meet, being met in him and through him. And I think at the cross we see exactly the same thing, a need which no one else can meet, being met in Jesus. When Jesus feeds the 5,000, he meets a physical need. He, he meets that need, that hunger. And on the cross, Jesus meets a spiritual need. A need that each and every human being has to be forgiven, to be loved, to be in relationship with God. And on the cross, Jesus makes that possible. And I wonder whether if we are so preoccupied with providing for ourselves, we might miss the fact that actually the greatest need of the whole world is met on the cross and we have to be willing to to need that this kind of neediness is okay, it's okay to need Jesus it's okay to need that forgiveness that we find on the cross and I wonder whether that's more of a challenge than we first imagine it might be to say actually I can't do this on my own There is a savior that I need so that I might live a life that is full, that is good, that is in relationship with my creator. So that's three groups of people. Jesus, who shows compassion on lost sheep, even when he's tired, that might inspire us to show compassion on the lost sheep that are in our path, even when we are tired, the little boy who brings all that he has in faith, knowing Jesus can do more with it than he can possibly imagine. And the disciples who bring all that they are so that Jesus can do more with them than they can possibly imagine. Perhaps a challenge for us to give, either practically or um, materially or food-wise or um, all that we are or our gifts or our skills so that Jesus might use them and do more with them than we can imagine. And then there's the crowd, that group of people that desperately need someone to provide their lunch and the world in a way that desperately need Jesus to provide salvation and forgiveness. And maybe a challenge for us to admit that that is what we need to. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Um, and they're going to play through a song without words, hopefully. And um, what I want to ask you guys to do, and um, just in your own time and in your own space, just to consider whether you fall into one of those categories. Whether any of those characters resonate with you, with the life that you lead and the people that you have met or the people that fall in your path or your relationship with God. I'm just going to ask that you can be still for a moment and be reminded of the significance of this story and maybe come before God and admit where you're at with him and maybe what he might be challenging you to do. And then I think we're going to go into a time of worship, and there'll be prayer ministry as well available if you feel like you want to pray through something with someone else. I'll just pray for us, and then we'll have just a time of quiet um, with some music in the background. Father God, we thank you for your provision that you meet our deepest needs. Father, I thank you for your compassion and your care and your love that you have lavished on us. And God, we ask that we might know that care, that love, that provision more deeply and more truly tonight. And that we might share that compassion and that care and that love with your world. Amen.